good morning, everyone. We're beginning a new series today that we've entitled Prayer 30. It came from the whole idea of, uh, you know, the popular diet plan called the Whole 30. Well, uh, if you go to their website, here's what they say about the Whole 30. They say, you give us 30 days and we will change your life. We'll reset your health habits and your relationship with food and discover uh, uh, how you can find food freedom, Okay. Well, I love it that somebody could have a new relationship with food, but what if we could have a new relationship with God? What if we could hit reset on that? And what if we could learn to pray more effectively over the next 30 days? Would anybody want that? That no, really wasn't what I had hoped for. Okay, well, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's like when you ask a kid if he wants some more Brussels sprouts, well, I guess, okay. Um, no, but the truth is, is, what if you and I could pray more effectively? Because a lot of us, prayer is kind of a magical mystery tour. Sometimes we pray, sometimes we don't. Not sure how it works. What's going on? Well, every Sunday over the next four weeks during the month of February, we're going to be looking at some different uh, ideas about prayer, what the Bible has to say about it. But we're also going to be all throughout the week giving you little installments through social media and on our website every day, little prompts that will help you pray better. What if I made a commitment to that? What if I really said, this is a year, I'm going to learn how to pray? That's the challenge. And we're going to start off by answering a question today of, why doesn't God answer my prayers? Because many of us have asked that. I get asked that all the time. Today I want to tell you what the Bible has to say about that and some things we can do that will help us pray much more effectively. Heavenly Father, I pray for today that you will speak and move me out of the way. Over the next 30 days, I want you to transform our lives. I want us all to pray effectively, to talk to you, to listen to you, to not only ask you for things, but listen to what you're asking us to do for you. Lord, I pray that you will move me out of the way and say whatever you want said to us today about praying better. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Well, this outline is simple today. First of all, I want to start with three, three reasons that... Um, God doesn't answer our prayers according to Scripture. And then three ways that we can pray better. Three ways we can address it. So first off, in your outline, and this is inside your bulletin, it's also on the Centerpoint app here. First of all, the number one reason that God doesn't answer our prayers is because we don't pray. The number one reason that God doesn't answer our prayers is because we don't pray. James 4.2, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have. But you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. You don't have because you don't ask. You never prayed about it. So here's a life application. We need to pray. John, you came up with that all by yourself? I really did. Yeah, I really did. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, it was amazing. Solomon had just dedicated the temple. God's glory had come down upon it. And after all that amazing incident where Solomon had prayed, Lord, please hear the prayers of the people when they come to your temple, the Lord appeared to Solomon. He appeared to him, and this is what he said. He said, uh, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sins and restore their land. But the thing that needed to happen was the people needed to humble themselves and pray. And if you'd underline that in your outline, 
Well, why would people need to humble themselves? Well, prayer means we're coming to a being who's infinitely smarter than we are, infinitely stronger than we are, infinitely able to do anything, things so far beyond our imagination we would never even think about it, never even enter our heads. And we're approaching him with our problems and saying, I can't handle this. Needing direction, saying, I don't know which way to go. Asking our Heavenly Father to take care of us because we're not strong enough, smart enough, able enough to get this done on our own, and we don't need to. We're trusting in His love for us that He's going to take care of us. But that means I have to admit that I can't do life on my own, and that means I need to humble myself. Now think about what it says if you and I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to pray because i got to handle this. I don't have time to pray because there's all these expectations of others on me. I don't have time to pray because I'm afraid if I don't get this done, then something else bad will happen. So I can be, I trust more in my friends. I trust more in my strength. I trust more in my fears. I trust more in all these other things than I do trusting God with the problem in the first place. And we don't say it out loud, but that's the way it works out. And so if I'm going to pray, if I want answers to prayer, first of all, I have to pray. I have to pray. One of the things you're going to hear me remind you of many times here, if you're around Centerpoint, is this. God is always more ready to listen than we are to pray. And if you could write that in the margin. God is always more ready to listen than we are to pray. Could we say that together, please? God is always more ready to listen than we are to pray. Oh, that's true. So the biggest reason we don't get answers to prayer, we never prayed about it in the first place. We worried about it, posted on social media, but we didn't pray about it. Secondly, we pray with the wrong motives. Not only do we not pray, James goes on to say in James 4.3, I read you James 4.2 just a minute ago, here's 4.3, and even when you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. And there are many times when we pray, we're not asking God to show us the right outcome or what his, his will be. It'd be like, Lord, this is what I want. This is the way I want it. And this is when I want it. Now give it to me right now. And there are so many things we do because we want people to think we're smart. We want people to love us. We want people to pay attention to us, to elevate us, whatever it might be, or just something to make us comfortable. And over and over again, the Lord will say, uh hey, this isn't the way I want this to go down. Jesus talked to his disciples about this in Luke 18. He said two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. Well, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not a sinner like everyone else, for I don't cheat and I don't sin and I don't commit adultery. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. Now, apparently, people really did this. Now, this was all for show. But the tax collector, Jesus said, stood at a distance over in the shadows there. He didn't even dare to lift his eyes to heaven when he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh, God, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. 
What was the motive? One came for forgiveness, the other came for show. I may not have. James says, well, first of all, the reason you don't have an answer to prayer is you never prayed. Secondly, when you did pray, it was all with the wrong motives. It was all about you. You never even asked God what he wanted. Didn't pray according to his heart. So here's another life application for you and me. We need to ask God to show us our motives. I mean, what's so great about praying with the right motives is we can even ask God to show us. Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Here's what is so great. When you and I come to God and say, God, I want to pray with you and I'm asking about this. Lord, these are my motives. I think they're right. But if there's something wrong in there, show me. And God will show you. If you pray that prayer, if you earnestly pray that prayer, then you'll get an email. You'll be in a conversation with a friend. Somebody will encourage you or point out you're wrong. I mean, it's been amazing how many times God has shown me how wrong I think. That's why he gave me a wife. Anyway, uh, wait, that's another topic. Um, anyway, moving. now I need to pray about something else, don't I? Okay, anyway. Yeah, because she's here. Uh, so, um, but the big idea is simply this, is that if you're going to pray that God will show you your motives, he will. God, would you search my heart? And it's amazing how even when you're watching a movie or you're, or just driving along, you'll be a part of a conversation over here with somebody else. And in that conversation, you realize, oh, my gosh, that's me. That's a kindness. And God is showing you amazing, extravagant grace. He's saying, look, I'm showing you this the kindest way I can till you come to me with an open heart. We don't have because we don't ask. Even we do ask, we ask with the wrong motives. Thirdly, we give up. We quit praying. And when we start out okay... But then the answers to prayer took a little longer than we thought. And we forget that life is complicated. Life is complicated. And some answers to prayer take time because God's not only answering my prayer and your prayer, he's answering a billion other prayers simultaneously. And all the gears all mesh at exactly the right time so that everyone is being led simultaneously. I mean, it's, it's beyond our scope of even understanding things. And many times we look back on events in our lives when we prayed about things and we realize God answered a prayer. Well, he was not only answering ours, but all these others. And it all worked together for good. For the good of those who are called according to his purpose. I mean, this is amazing. That's why Jesus said this to his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 7. Keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Can we read those three statements together out loud, please? Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. But are we going to keep on doing that? Many times we give up. Some prayers might take five years to answer. Some might take 25. But the answer would be spectacular. All kinds of people in the Bible had to wait months, 
years, some decades for God's plan to be revealed in their lives. But do we want what God wants best or do we just want something quick right now? That's why it's so important, here's the life application, that we trust God's timing, God's ways and his goodness. I wanted to read that first before I went back to the rest of the verse. If you guys can go back one slide and pick up where it says you parents. I want to jump back into Matthew 7, verse 9 there. Jesus says this, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Well, of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? And see, that's where the trust comes in. That God's ways are better, his timing is better, and that he is good. That he really is a good father. He's not going to give me something that I don't need. He's not going to give me something that will hurt me. He's going to give me exactly what's right at the right time. If a child comes to you and asks for an ice cream cone and, you know, it's a vacation and it's something that you seem, think is the right thing, you'll say sure. But if it's an hour before dinner and you've got an excellent dinner that's coming, you're going to say no. Well, a three-year-old's not going to understand that. and They might pitch a fit. But if you're a good parent, you say, no, I'm not going to give you this now because I have something much better coming. You just don't know. And that's where we have to trust him. Even if I don't understand you, I trust you. Because you're wiser. You've lived forever. And you are good and loving and kind. You're never going to do what hurts me. And we always ask our kids that. You just have to trust me. I can't explain this to you. Amazing verse in Isaiah 55, or a couple of verses here, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I mean, for God to try to explain things to us would be folly. We can't grasp it. It's too big. It's like explaining calculus to a chicken. And we humble ourselves, I mean, we flatter ourselves if we think that our level of intelligence approaches the Lord's closer than the level of a chicken's intelligence approaches ours, we're kidding ourselves. God is way, way farther away from us than that. But you go, it won't do any good. I can't explain this. I mean, there are a couple of places where Jesus explained to people exactly what was going to happen. The night before he was crucified, he told Peter that Peter was going to deny him three times before the rooster crowed the next before rooster crowed the next morning. He told him that point blank. He said, "Peter, this is what's going to happen." And Peter said, "No way. I'm going to defend you to the death." And the Lord said, "No, this is exactly what's going to happen, Peter." And the next morning, that's exactly what happened. The same thing would happen to you and me if the Lord told us exactly what was going to happen. We'd go, "No way." We wouldn't even believe it. Jesus over and over again told his disciples, I'm headed to Jerusalem. I'm going to be handed over to the chief priests. I'm going to be mocked, spit upon, and crucified. But after three days, I'm going to rise from the dead. He told them point blank what was going to happen. Yet when the crucifixion happened and they saw it, they couldn't believe any of it. God's ways are not our ways. But he is good. He is loving. He's always right, and we can trust him. 
Now, if that's good news to you this morning, would you say amen? amen? This is why we pray and we don't give up. Here's three thing, here are three things that will help us. First of all, if we're going to be serious about prayer, this is why we call this Prayer 30, then over the next 30 days I'm going to ask you to schedule time to pray every day. Scheduling helps. If you're going to work out this week, if you made a New Year's resolution to work out and get in shape, you're going to have to schedule that. To say, I'm going to work out whenever I feel like it is exactly why most of us fail, okay? Uh, it's too sunny, it's too cold, that donut is too inviting, okay? Whatever it might be. Same way with prayer. If I don't schedule time to pray, I'm going to get too busy. Jesus, Mark 1.35. Very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone's looking for you. And Jesus replied, well, let's go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That's why I've come. Now, most of us read that scripture exactly as I read it. But that's not probably the way it was said. To set this in context, in Mark 1, Jesus had been at Peter's house. He had healed his mother-in-law. He'd done these amazing healings. And people from all over the place had come and from all over the town. Well, after demons were cast out and people were healed and amazing things had happened, that's when they will have gone all night long to find other people and they will have brought them back with them the next morning so they could be healed too. And so it probably went more like this, that Jesus was out praying by himself uh, in a solitary place and then Simon and his companions went to look for him when they found him. They said, Jesus, everyone's looking for you. I don't think I'm overdoing that. This is why you have to schedule time to pray and why I would recommend you do it early in the morning. And here's what I'm asking for. Could you spend five minutes in addition every day if you want to be better to pray? What if for the next 30 days you set your alarm clock five minutes earlier and said, I'm going to do, devote five minutes to pray? Baby steps. I'm not asking you to schedule an hour right now, but to start this five minutes a day. And after you've been doing that for a while, hopefully for the next 30 days you can get that down. Maybe the next 30 you can go for 10. A little over a year ago, January of 2019, I wanted to set it out that I could spend an hour a day in prayer. And reading scripture, praying, meditating, just in silence in the presence of God. That was a goal last year, a New Year's resolution. It took me months to get to the place where I would be consistently able to do that. What's interesting to me now is I can spend an hour in prayer, and sometimes it's not long enough. But I didn't start out that way. It's life-changing. When I can come to God and surrender all my problems to him. And say, I don't know what's going on here, but you do. I'm not strong enough, you are. I'm going to trust you for this because I can't do it. Well, what if we just did it for five minutes? Hmm. Psalm 5.3, listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and I wait expectantly. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and I wait expectantly. What if that described you and me, that every morning I'm getting up and I'm saying, God, I'm going to give you my problems. Before the day starts, I'm going to pray about my work. Before the day starts, I'm going to pray for my kids. Before the day starts, 
I'm going to pray for the future and that job and where, whether or not we're supposed to move before the day starts. Because otherwise, all the emails are come. You have 37 unread emails. Everyone's looking for you. And Jesus goes, yeah, that's why I came out here to pray. I didn't come to be a rock star. I'm going to go to these other villages too. That's how he kept his priorities straight. I want to be like that. You want to be like that. You do. And that's why we pray. So we're going to have to schedule time to pray every day. Secondly, we need to get help and encouragement from others. Let's think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Hebrews 10, 24, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Ecclesiastes 4, 9. Well, we've been thinking here how we could help you. And for the next 30 days, what you're going to find on our website, also on our uh, social media pages, uh, you will find a little posting every day of about a five-minute meditation and a prayer. This will be on, these will be on different things every day. They're all different. It'll either be myself or one of our other staff people. Uh, there's one that's going to be posted. The first one will be posted today at noon, and every other day after that it'll be posted at 6 a.m. It'll be available all day long. Five minutes. It'll be a meditation on, hey, this is how to pray a prayer of praise. This is how to pray a prayer of confession. This is how to pray for our leaders. This is how to pray for our church. This is how to pray a prayer of confession. We'll take you all over the page. All kinds of prayers help loosen up your prayer life and give you confidence. Because we've been thinking about ways, hey, maybe this will encourage you. And we hope it will. 30 days to pray more effectively. You can also do this together with a friend and say, I'm going to pray for five minutes every day. Before my day starts. Now, if you're already doing that, that's great. Maybe you can pray for five, more, five minutes more. But if you haven't been doing this, please take that challenge. All these videos would be about approximately five minutes. It might be a couple a little longer. Most would be a little shorter. I need to schedule time to pray every day. I'm going to need encouragement and help from others. And thirdly, I need to understand the benefits of prayer. I did not give you all the benefits of prayer. I just gave you three. And they all start with P, and I can get away with that because I'm a pastor. Okay, anyway, but here's the first one. Prayer brings peace. I mean, one of the things that's going to encourage me to pray is, I need peace. I want peace, and so do you. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. This is Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Peace. I want peace in my life. I want to be where Jesus was. Everybody's looking for you. Yeah, that's... It's not the way we're going to make decisions here. John, everything's urgent. I know. But here's something that's terribly important. And I'm going to have that direction. I'm going to have that peace because I gave my problems to Jesus. I remember Debbie and I used to take uh, kids backpacking in Colorado. Um, when we worked for a ministry called Young Life, and it was a chance to get to know these kids at a really deep level because you would start out about 11,000 feet and hike over these 14,000-foot peaks and come down on the other side. It took about six days. And it was exhausting and hard work, but, man, the conversations were amazing. The scenery was beautiful, and God moved in people's hearts. But on one of those trips, I remember there was a young man who twisted his ankle, 
And we had, this was the no trace camping. Everything you pack in, you got to pack out. And so we all had it all evenly distributed. And he twisted his ankle very badly, uh, slipping off a rock. And so they looked around and they said, who's the biggest person who can carry his pack too? Well, that was me. Anyway, and so uh, we loaded all his stuff onto mine as well. And we continued on the journey. And we were able to wrap his ankle real tight and with a kind of a makeshift crutch that we made. He was able to make it. And leaning on the help of others, he was able to finish. We were only a couple of days from the end. What enabled him to go on was he'd taken his burden and given it to me. He was free. He could make it because somebody else was carrying the load. Can you imagine what it would be like to surrender our biggest worries and our biggest fears to God every day? Before the day even started and said, God, I can't carry this. But you can. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't know the future. You do. If my people will humble themselves and honestly pray, I'll hear from heaven. My eyes are open. I'm listening. I'm always more ready to listen than you are to pray. You're the ones who don't pray, and you give up even when you do pray. That's why the peace comes. I'm not carrying the load anymore. I gave it to him. And now I can be objective and think about things the right way and go, hey, that's, that's where we've got to handle this. Prayer brings peace. Prayer brings power. 2 Thessalonians 1.11. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power, you could circle that there, to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Do you know that you can pray for power and God hears that prayer? He told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came upon them and give them power and then they'd be able to go out and be his witnesses. The Holy Spirit gives us power. And I've got an amazing verse here in Psalm 138.3. And if you have never marked this verse in a Bible, if you've never heard this before, you need to know this one. In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. Man. People ask me, well, what good is prayer? Prayer will give you strength in your soul. Tell me what else will do that. I get soul strength. Seriously, what else gives you that? I prayed and you delivered me. You made me bold and you put strength in my soul. 30 days, five minutes a day, get some strength in your soul. We need to market this. This is going to be big. Okay, anyway. <laughs> prayer brings peace. Prayer brings power. Prayer brings people to Jesus. If you know a loved one who's far from God, wrapped up in an addiction, wrapped up in fear, wrapped up in sin, far from Jesus, you're going, I don't know how on earth anyone can ever reach them. Well, listen to what Paul did. He told the Colossians, and pray for us too, that God will open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. Pray for doors to open. Pray for the right time. Pray that their heart will be receptive. Open doors. 
John 6, 63, Jesus said, the spirit alone gives us eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. If I can talk you into something, somebody else can talk you out of it. But if the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin and he uh, lets you see yourself as you really are, that you need a savior, man, that is transformation that is permanent. If you have a loved one that's far away, this is why you need to pray. You need to pray with the right motives and you need to keep on praying. Don't give up. If you have even thought about praying for somebody, a coworker, a friend recently, man, let this be a challenge to you to keep praying every day. Every day, because prayer brings people to Jesus. A few years ago, Stephanie Alexander accepted a 30-day challenge. I want you to hear her thoughts on this. Pretty interesting. Six years ago, I dedicated 30 days to prayer. This wasn't something that was planned. I wish I could say it was like due to a Bible study that I was fired up about or a women's conference, but it was a time that I just felt lost. I felt like my prayer life was empty. One night at home, I opened up my Bible and I looked in the margins and all I saw were things about me. I just kind of realized, I mean, I had been so focused for the past two years just on myself. Right then, I just remember I just laid on the floor and I just said, God, change me. I just felt like he was telling me I need to focus on other people. Like I need to ask him every day, you know, who I could pray for. I shared my uh, story and what I was doing with a couple of my friends because I just knew I needed some accountability and they wanted to be able to read what was going on through the day. So at the end of my day, write in a blog about what happened and who I prayed for and, and who God put before me. I saw so much of God and none of me. He mended relationships that by any earthly standard shouldn't have been mended or couldn't have been mended and now they're healed. Prayer's just a conversation and it's just you and Him. It's not scripted and it's not filtered. If I can just talk to one person or if one person heard me say, He's going to meet you there. He's going to do the work. You just have to show up and be willing to just surrender.